Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are independent and local grade traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, they can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain Market Report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by Farm Chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two while sampling a beer. Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing the 17th of October 2022. I think we should go back and have a look at the week just gone. I mean, obviously... The bridge strike by Ukraine on Putin's birthday upset him slightly and he fired an awful lot of missiles back into various populated areas which immediately spooked the markets. We saw US wheat going 60 cents up, French wheat went 8 up and UK futures rallied by £10 in a day. This only goes to highlight, and I know we keep saying this, but the volatility in this market is pretty exceptional. And behind the scenes, what you have in the Chicago markets are obviously funds and algorithms deciding what positions to take on the back of what Putin's doing next. And I think these algorithms that are telling fund managers to buy or sell by scanning various news and financial markets really, really add to the whole debate of, you know, excess volatility in the market. It can be pretty dangerous, but you know, it can also be there to be exploited. So Monday, futures wheat £10 up, Tuesday £7 down. The market in London on wheat has continued to be fairly sloppy. The domestic demand for wheat in the UK into consumers, mills and everything is almost non-existent. We are seeing demand into ports from all the exports, which is good. You know, there's a reasonable surplus of wheat to get rid of in the UK, so get the exporting done. But I think the windows for those exports, you know, were pretty slim. Obviously, sterling, when it got absolutely smacked, thanks to the fiscal event, has actually recovered. And for the last two days, sterling has managed to hang on to its gains against the dollar and the euro, which I think is a very, very good thing for general stability in the market. I mean, obviously, on Friday the 14th, Kwasi Kwarteng has been sacked as Chancellor. No great surprise. Truss obviously had to do that to save her own job, and I imagine her MPs told her this. The challenge now is, can she salvage enough credibility to stabilise the markets? That remains to be seen. But in the meantime, we obviously all have to trade and operate in this market. So, as it stands now, feed we X farm for sort of October, November is about £265 a tonne. This side of Christmas, I would say, markets continue to look pretty weak. There's not a huge amount of upside we can see at this point in time. But having said that, and I go back to my earlier point, whatever Putin decides to do, immediately these algorithms that are operating behind the scenes in dark computer server rooms are telling people what to do. And I think also last week we've seen Putin, well not Putin, but his ambassador to the UN write to the UN to say, look, we need to negotiate the grain corridor. Now that's due to come to an end on the 20th of November, but it looks like the Russians are pushing for some kind of negotiation on that. 
Putin's made it very clear he's not been happy at where the corn and the wheat are going. He, he still feels they're going to the wrong countries. And this letter is probably a shot across the bow. That, again, will make markets very, very nervous. So I think just watch this space very carefully. A feed barley is about £240 a tonne X farm for November. Still reasonable demand for barley into ports on the export side. Going forward, we'll have to see how that fares. As I say, with sterling showing a bit of strength now against the euro and the dollar. I think export opportunities going forward are a few and far between. And I, actually, I don't think Liz Trust can do anything much more stupid. So hopefully sterling does stabilise, which I think will limit export opportunities for the foreseeable future. On the oil seeds market, again, that remains very volatile. Oilseed Rapex farm for November is round about 530, 535 pounds a tonne. The excess palm stocks that we were seeing in Indonesia, Malaysia, so India have absorbed huge amounts of those. I mean, masses of that has gone into India which is probably saving the government there because they're able to keep food price inflation down. The palm's been, oil's been really cheap, so that's probably saved their skin. Whether that will continue remains to be seen. A couple of other points of note. The fuel strikes in France are actually having quite a dramatic impact, certainly on the economy. I mean, there are farms over there reporting that, you know, they think field work could be stalled because of the lack of fuel in the various provinces. I mean, the French love to strike and, you know, they're obviously making a real point with this fuel strike. So that's definitely one to watch there. And the other thing that we've seen is that Putin has is looking to drop the export quota of wheat out of Russia. Just to highlight here that he's looking to drop the quota, but that's not the export tax. The export tax for Russian wheat is still in place, which obviously inflates the price of Russian wheat. But I think he's also trying to make noises off that, you know, I do have a massive crop of wheat. The Russian economy needs money. He, he wants to get it exported. So let's see where that goes. But I think, yeah, the watchword continues to be volatility and what the Ukraine war does. Other than that, the markets are well aware of the economic situation. So people tightening their belts, less money about, less meals out eventually. So that is weighing on the market sentiment on the downside. And I think that will continue. The, you know, the, the economic news is is gloomy. It's not, you know, I think I heard today that every month 100,000 mortgages in the UK are coming up for renewal. So if you think about it, there's 100,000 mortgages where people are all of a sudden seeing their mortgage repayments going up by anywhere between 300 and 700 pounds a month. That's quite a dramatic impact. And certainly that is going to have an effect on people's buying habits. And I think you know that's obviously being felt across the world. In, in, the inflation is happening everywhere in the developed countries. So I think that's also something that you need to bear in mind. Anyway, on that note, have a good week's trading. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Thank goodness the Norfolk Dinner is back. Hosted by the Norfolk Institute of Agricultural Merchants, this year's event will be at St Andrew's Hall in the centre of Norwich on Thursday the 19th of January 2023. There'll be food, a chance to talk and meet with each other, plus you can even get your name on the wall and be famous. To book your tickets and find out about sponsorship, email ben at doinggrain.co.uk. So that's the Norfolk Dinner, 19th of January 2023, St Andrew's Hall, Norwich. Let's make the grain trade alive and thrive again. Right, this week I've got with me Ben. Hello. And Josh. Hello. And not Webby. 
He's been sleeping ever since the ball, so he might well have stayed up most of the time while he's there, but he hasn't actually come out of his hibernation. Right, I'm going to jump in here. So Ian basically told the whole world that I went to bed early after obviously getting up at three o'clock in the morning, drinking for a long period of time. I admit, I did go to bed at 7.30, mm-hmm. but Ian kept telling everyone, oh, he went to bed at 5.30, oh no, it was 4.30, and it got earlier. And I spoke to a farmer yesterday who said to me, oh, Ben, uh, did you get a lot of sleep? Because apparently you went to bed early. <laughs> right? And it's like, okay, but hang on, the following night, I didn't get to bed till four o'clock in the morning because I had to find where be a kebab. He likes his kebabs at that time of the morning. From, from yeah, he has to have a kebab. That's yeah. a, little, a little comfort thing. It's a bit like a pot noodle. <laughs> so Webby is still, you know, it's all very well being awake all that time, but then sleeping three days after you come back isn't quite so sharp, is it? No, he's he's let himself down there. <laughs> right. Anyway, so this post bourse analysis, obviously the serious side of it. Everybody, in my opinion, last week was talking a kind of vaguely bearish UK book, except for one guy who said we're exporting everything under the sun, which was, you know, contrary to everybody else's statements. I I don't know where I stand on that one. What do you think? (laughs) I agree. I, I spoke to a lot of different brokers, European brokers. They were all fairly bearish. But apparently there is one port that is flat out exporting. Anyway, which is great. No, that's good. That is good. No, no, I agree with you. We're back on the pitch. But yeah, so he was right because the market went up on Monday, £11 a tonne. Yeah, but Andrew, why did it go up? Josh, why did the market go up? Over this last weekend, it's because obviously an escalation in the war was massive. Yeah. And then yesterday, it sort of all calmed down mildly. But yeah, it just shows that what, you know, bombing a bridge can do over a weekend. But it was mental, wasn't it? US wheat, 60 cents up. And like, hang on a minute. Okay, they fired a load of missiles into Ukraine, bad, but... Yeah, it was his bridge. It was his 70th birthday. <laughs> uh, my Ukrainian friend showed us a little video of, of what the Ukrainians are laughing at, which is a, on one side of the screen, Marilyn Monroe singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President, and on the other, a picture of the sunken bridge with flames all over it. So he was pretty miffed. I think as well, I read on the one market report this week, is 120 ship with grain or wanting to load with grain out coming out of Ukraine that can't load at the moment. So that basically put a lot of that in jeopardy. Oh, okay. Why can't they load? Well, because there's a lot of uncertainty about the possibility of being able to do so. The amount of bombing that's going on on Monday, just they didn't know what was going to be here. It was almost everything. It was the biggest day of bombing Kiev since, since the war started. Wasn't well, it? I imagine you probably had ship owners saying, look, I'll tell you what, don't load anything at the minute. I'm a bit nervous about my boat getting out, maybe. Fair comment. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, obviously, we're, we're aware of Kiev being hit and several other cities, but didn't think about that. No, I didn't realise the boats had been stopped because that's the big thing, isn't it? The corridor remaining open is going to be the barometer of whether it goes up or down. As soon as we find out it's closed, it will obviously put pressure on prices upward again. Yeah, although having said that, I think there's been a lot of infrastructure building on the rail network between Poland and Ukraine. I think they are getting on with that to try and limit the impact. So. You know, I agree that if the grain corridor for shipping closes, we're back to trucks or back to trains, which limits supply, but it will happen. So just go back a bit. What, so, Josh, you were here last week. You, didn't, you were supposed to be at the boss, but you, you buggered your knee up in perfect timing. What exactly happened last week? Do you know what? It's quite busy when I first got in. I got in on the Wednesday. I went and got off, done a physio point whenever these guys were having a few beers. And it, there was quite a lot going on. We suddenly got called for loads of fixings and a lot of farmers being on the phone. I think these perfect drilling, really boringly, perfect drilling conditions. Mm. There's a lot of stuff going in the ground. New crop prices are strong. So, yeah, there was quite a lot of business to be done, really. 
So, yeah, I saved everyone, really. Well done, Josh. Yeah. I'm very glad you did. <laughs> Obviously, the martyr. I'm a martyr. What's a martyr? <laughs> Nothing, really. It's an old joke. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we have had a conversation about, within the company, about bosses being a jolly, haven't we? Having fun. Yes, yeah, we have. And look, I, I admit, right, they are fun. But that's because we make them fun. Some people at the borders didn't have fun, did they? No. They had to work quite hard and go to pretty boring things and spend all day talking to people that were taking the mickey out of them because of Brexit or whatever they were doing on their stands. We didn't have to do anything, did we? No, and do you know what? Case in point, I'm wandering around the borders. I've got my Jew Grain badge on. Guy stops me. He's from the Netherlands. He's a little trader and he starts saying oh you know i'd like to try and buy uk feed beans and i mean you don't know where that's going to lead but we had a conversation so there's things like that going on all the time i always think they're good because you actually go yeah you get to meet people you speak to and then also you're you're more likely to pick the phone up to them on the monday or the tuesday or whenever and just you know it's a good way of breaking the ice in my opinion so i'm all for them and the jolly aspect of it I think the jolly aspect, bearing in mind that we, you know, we woke up at two o'clock on one day yeah. and three, three or four days later we actually got home at three o'clock in the morning because of the flight times we chose. You actually miss a whole night's sleep with that, in that alone. That isn't fun, is it? No. And, and the weekend was pretty like, oh God, you know, yeah, got it, to do family well, stuff. Ian is still recovering. so you do, <laughs> well, he, In his head, he's worked an extra two days work, so he's taking the time off in lieu. <laughs> <laughs> and also, can I just say that one of the highlights was you and I flying through electronic passport control at Stansted and oh. Webby being ordered to the back of a really long queue with a load of drug it's, dealers and yeah, foreign, whoever else. foreign nationals of, of <laughs> dubious origin. And he was really peeved with that. He was angry. I, not often you see Ian angry, but when... Yeah. He didn't want to talk about it, did he? No. Yeah, you tried to engage and in the car he didn't want to talk about no, it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, you know, there we go, Webby. There you go, your 10-year-old passport, Ian. <laughs> On the subject, to, you know, back to the little Dutch guy you said about the beans. I'm surprised he didn't come up and say, "Are you Ben from the Doing Grain podcast?" <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> anyway, on the subject of that, on the subject of fame, we spoke to uh, East Coast Productions who edit our podcast, <laughs> and very beautifully, I will add, uh, yes. Amy and Lily. But I met with Lily, and she said, "You need to do some more promotion. You need to do some stuff like get, have the odd photo and the odd Instagram." So we started sending a few Instagrams out, didn't we? And one of the first ones was the day after, the night before, it was the day after our, our harvest, harvest due. due. Yeah. And unbelievably, we have received, up to yesterday, 28,800 views of that Instagram. No way. Do you know what? Even funnily enough, someone who listens, is an avid listener to the podcast, Brad, I'll call him out now, he messaged me about our Instagram saying, oh, our Instagram's unreal. So I was like, brilliant. Maybe we should have promoted it a bit more. <laughs> I do. Uh, I wonder if that's just some kind of bot that's gone wrong and just kept viewing us. It'll be, it'll be probably one of the hashtags that go on there. So it'll be trending hashtag of whatever they did, probably boss or whatever it was. Okay. So yeah. 28,000 yeah. views. Yeah. I'd like to put it down to just the... It opens with, with a mugshot of my face with a hangover and stubble and yeah. three chins. Rugged. <laughs> Rugged. <laughs> a thieves' dream. 
But the other thing, we've done a couple of other podcasts since we did one at the airport and stuff like that, and they're, and they're reasonably uh, getting up there. But the best one is yet to come. There's one coming out. It might be out before this podcast comes, actually, of the fake interview in front of the advertising boards. You know, yeah. I'll tell Josh. In front, you know, when the after Premiership game, there's a yeah, board yeah. with them. So we got Webby on the, on the phone, and Ben asked me how things went, and it was just, it was just like great. I really enjoyed. Loads that. of the Europeans are just like, what the hell are these guys doing, <laughs> standing in front of the advertising? <laughs> These freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, undeniably, that was that was very funny. It amused me. But no, the balls was good, and you know, I, I admit, yes, we do go out and we have a bit of a jolly, but we do work. So there you go. Yeah, it's that age-old thing, isn't it? Someone's... Oh, and can I just say? Oh. So there was only, I mean, in terms of representation of sort of small independent merchants, there was two of us there. Yeah, Bartholomew's. Bartholomew's had a stand. And we quite like them. They're down on the south coast. You know, they do a good job yeah, and they were busy. Yeah, we don't have a stand, though. No, but... but it works for us, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And the, the best thing I like was three of us sat in a bar, you know, in the middle of somewhere or another. And by the end of the evening, most of the people we wanted to see, you know, came to our... Ended up with us, didn't they? Yeah. Ended up in our restaurant sitting with us. Which, to me, you can say, OK, well, that's just maybe one person sat down and everybody wanted to talk to him instead of us. But the reality is, I think, if we were that or unacceptable or whatever the phrase is, undesirable, that's it, they wouldn't they'd go, Stay, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not staying with that bunch of idiots, we're going to go elsewhere. But but people hung around where we were, didn't they? That restaurant owner absolutely nailed it. Because we turned up at midday... Yeah. And by the time we left, there was about 25 yeah. people there. Well, by the time you left, there was obviously a lot more after that, because you, yeah. <laughs> you were there with three. Of course, course there was, yeah. All right. <laughs> OK. <laughs> anyway, so right, that's enough about foreign lands. I'm off this week. Ben's done the grain report, which he hasn't done yet, from Friday. Yeah, back to the Ukraine. Monday morning, £11 up because he's bombed everywhere. Tuesday, £8 down. Here we sit on Wednesday and it's kind of unchanged as we go. This is getting a bit This is getting a bit technical. The, the November position, which is the big debate, look, mm-hmm. people do ask us about that. We're very open about our trading position being, you know, we're tendering 60,000 tonnes unless something really dramatic happens. And other people, I think, will be tendering. But there was a debate about that as to whether people will tender or whether they won't. I can't see any reason not to tender, especially now the carries come in to eight quid again. Yeah, it, it just makes so much sense financially. Consumer demand is still off the pitch. If you've got a lot of wheat in your Nov book, it's like a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. I'll, I'll give a little name drop here. I, I had a conversation. The person who, if you like, disagreed with my view was, was Mark Worrell from Openfield, and we, we had a good conversation about it. And he said the pressure's on the short, not on the long. And I can't see the logic of, of having to pay for and owning wheat. I accept losing control of it, but who cares? You know, you've got the money and you're going to get the rent in. And he was saying, no, the way the market's developing and the way the exports are going, then the spread will come in, not go out. And I said, no, I think it will go out to 16 quid. And he said he thinks it'll come in. And at this moment in time, since Friday, it has. He's right at this moment. And I'm kind of hoping that he's yeah. wrong in the long run so I can revisit it. But I, I did say, if I'm wrong on this, I'll concede and I'll give you a name check. And I haven't had to double check with 16 governing companies as to whether he can speak or not. He's the main man and he's quite <laughs> happy with that. So interesting one. I did not expect the spread to come in from £11, which is where it was on Friday. Yeah, but I think part of the confusion on that spread has been what happened on Monday with the states, you know, skewing the market on the bombing. I don't, you know... The rhetoric has gone up, hasn't it? You know, Biden... Yeah. Uh, was yeah. it John Bolton? Who is he still in government in the States? Yesterday he said... The Americans will assassinate Putin if he uses nuclear weapons. 
That was after the market shut in the UK, so... Blimey. Yeah, that was that was a bit of a heavy-handed sort of... You know, he's a bit of a warmonger anyway, John Bolton, wasn't he? So yeah. I must admit that is... Some of the rhetoric is really building up now, and it is getting extremely nervous thing. And I was, I was talking to someone who must not be mentioned probably, saying that in Norway there's concern over the volume of, you know, Russian ships in their waters. They've got a fairly hefty gas facility up in that top corner and, you know, Russian activity in there is quite pronounced or increased, if you like, and there's concern about whether that, you know, area is up for some form of attack should they decide to do something. This is strategically lots of issues going on (laughs) at a level beyond us mere mortals, but... You know, it, it, it's certainly Vlad is having security meetings and the rhetoric is not getting gentler. And his new general, the guy who just barrel bombs everywhere and doesn't give a shit and flattens places, is now in charge of the war. Mm. And his tactic is fairly straightforward. It's a bomber-Harris tactic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, scorched-earth policy. You know, the only thing that's going to hold him back is how many missiles can he get access to? Because, you know, head of GCHQ yesterday said that there's no doubt Russian munition reserves are low. Yeah, you tend to believe that, don't you? And certainly the analysis of some of the missiles that are hitting are not... They're like ship missiles with a certain size bomb on, not cruise missiles. If they had cruise missiles that would do a a bigger amount of damage on land, they've got smaller missiles getting through. In other words, they're not using the missiles they should be for the job that they're doing, which is an indication they haven't quite got as many missiles. However... The UK, having given bucket loads of stuff to the Ukraine, yeah. like those those tank anti-tank things, we got rid of all of those, gave them away, sent in an order to get a load more built. Because the, the firms that make those things are not used to building more than 10 you know, or so or 20 at a time, now to want hundreds of them is like they can't cope. They can't actually do that. And there was a there was an analyst on TV saying, like, we need to, to industrialise our... We need to be on a war footing in terms of munitions and you know developments of weapons because we haven't got the capacity to do it so if we really did kick off we would be pretty vulnerable but coming back to the market so this is what we're discussing now and what we're seeing all unprecedented you know we're talking to farmers every day but we make decisions on sort of fundamental judgments and then politics and economics are like completely out there experience our experience is peace isn't it? And therefore, yeah. all of our experience is based upon some form of logic, whereas this is illogical in terms of decision-making. If Vlad pushes a button because he's 70 and pissed off, we can't do anything about that. We certainly can't be involved in the thinking process. No. And we can't predict it because it's not ever happened. So, yeah, that would be incredibly bullish, depending on how many missiles landed, how many humans were left. But... If you took the facts at this moment, the planting in the UK for 2023 crop has been absolutely outstanding. It's an exceptional yeah. crop, isn't it? Yeah, no, it really is. It's not in at the moment. It's, the ground is still really warm. The weather's still warm. It's 16 degrees yesterday, 15 today. I think actually in Suffolk, parts of Suffolk, they've had bugger all rain. So I went down to, like slightly anecdotal, but went down just past I, and there is, it's just still so dry. I was talking to a couple of the sea producers down there. It's still incredibly dry. Where we are, perfect. Well, certainly in Essex, I was talking to uh, James Gray, who we've, who's been on the podcast. He's saying that they've had enough rain to get going, and it's gone in optimum time. Mm. They feel it's got black grass under control now. It's going into perfect conditions. So I think the rain this last weekend, when did you go try? I went this week. I went, sorry, about a week ago. But then um, I was talking to Andrew at Warns, and he was saying that it's still incredibly dry. I mean, it's coming. there's stuff coming through, but they need more rain. And actually, all the grass is still, like, dying and dead. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Well, other than an area of South Norfolk and North Suffolk, yeah, yeah. 
there is going to be, I think, an exceptionally big wheat crop in the yeah. ground, and it's in very good condition. So based on experience, that is a, you know, especially with the margins we're looking at, you know, 260, 270 pounds a tonne for wheat versus cost of production below 200, that's an incredible profit. Historically, you'd sell the hell out of it. So it's, you're trying to predict what happens next. You have to take an element of politics in there. And the immediate issue for us as UK citizens is the pound. Yeah. You know, you've sent a little, for the first time, Ben's ranted. I've not, he's actually broken the calm exterior of intelligence and he's actually had a little ranty rant on the market report today, haven't you? I have, yeah. I just, you know, it's just all come to a head, really. I finally lost it with trust. Yeah. And the point is that you've got a picture of her looking a bit stupid, but there you go. <laughs> and then the, the basically what you're saying is that if the Bank of England are coming out and saying, you know, hideously... Well, I think, the, I think so, so, you know, he's come out and he said, look, we're not going to buy these government bonds. We did it last week because of a, a unique situation. You pension boys have got till this Friday, Friday the 14th or something, to sort yourselves out. And he also, he can't be seen to be political he can't support the Tory government growth policy because that's not what the Bank of England are there for so he's had to come out and say I'm done right government you now need to sort out your manage your growth strategy which is looking mental and you need to yeah work out how you're going to finance it well, she's doing a U-turn this morning on energy, uh, sort of through the back door of back door uh, windfall tax, tax. Yeah. yeah does anyone actually think she's doing a good job because what she's doing, she's just, even when she talks, she's just so wooden. She's not, there's no emotion there. There's no, she's not at all interesting, in my opinion. Not that you should be interesting, but yeah. Populism is uh, is the, the price we've paid. So you could say we haven't got a populist prime minister. But the thing that irritates me is when she says, I understand how people can't afford. No, she doesn't. It's very clear. Yeah. That's language. And whoever the commentators are interviewing should say, no, it's very clear you don't understand. You're saying these. These are words that make you, got you elected. But it's very clear you have no grasp of the misery you're putting people through. So to say you understand is offensive. So stop saying it. Mm-hmm. It might not, it might ruin your speech pattern. You say something brutal and frank that would be much better than pretending you give a shit. Because she just doesn't. It's clear she doesn't. Yeah, I mean, potentially she's going to throw quite under the bus but let's just see yeah I did mention I do think Kwarteng <laughs> say it go on okay I think our Joe alright Joe's is not coloured and quasi Kwarteng is and that's fine but I think he's very similar to Joe just in his demeanour and his stand. I'm not saying Joe's quasi Kwarteng because he's obviously not he's a really nice guy who doesn't profess to be winner of university challenge but this guy is just, he's got those mannerisms, you know what I mean? He's a really big bloke. I mean, Joe's a really big bloke. Maybe it's just a really big bloke thing. But he, can you not see that? I'm staying quiet on this one. Aren't yeah, you? I don't know what you're talking about. You're on your own. I tell you, he was particularly weird during the Queen's funeral. He looked like he was on drugs. Are we, are we talking about Joe or uh, both? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was staying out of it. No, I'm sorry. I, I, Joe, I apologise if that's offended you, but I just, I just, he just reminds me of you somehow. But anyway, I'm, it's just it's something to do with the way he kind of looms. Moving on. <laughs> so um, anyway, well, you know, yeah, well, have a good holiday. Yeah, now I'm off to Italy for a week, so prego and other such uh, phrases they say, I can't remember what they are. That's where I'm going. 
Oh, I don't know. We're not just by chance. We're on two different trips at the same airport at the same time. Aren't we? Ish. Yeah, we'll be there. You can buy me breakfast. Yeah. Tess is delighted. Anyway, so yeah, we're off. So Webby and Ben and Joe are in complete control. And excellent. In I hope that Vlad does some weird stuff in the market. Goes twenty pounds up and thirty pounds down. I'm going to try my real hardest not to look, which I inevitably will. But yeah, I hope the week is straightforward for everybody and happy days. Okay, thanks. Right. So, ciao. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on Twitter. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.